0: This is The Space Shot, episode 192 for November 22nd, 2017. First Contact. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix.
1: Captain's Log, Stardate 50893.5. The moment I have dreaded for nearly six years has finally arrived the Borg, our most lethal enemy, have begun an invasion of the Federation, and this time there may be no
0: stopping them. On November 22nd, 1996, Star Trek First Contact released in theaters. This is by far my favorite Star Trek movie, even beating out Wrath of Khan, which may be sacrilegious to some of you. First contact starts with one of the best shots, zooming out from Picard's eye through the depths of a massive Borg ship that he was held captive on. In the next generation, Picard is captured and assimilated by the Borg, losing his individuality while simultaneously giving up the secrets that he held as a captain. We are the Borg. Lower your shields and surrender your ships. We will add your
1: biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile.
0: All units, open fire. First contact starts out with a renewed Borg invasion and an attack in orbit around Earth. The movie moves forward quickly, with the Borg going back in time to prevent humans from making first contact with an alien species, effectively cutting us off from advancing off of our home planet.
1: are creating a temporal vortex. Time travel. Data, report. We appear to be caught in a temporal wake. Captain, Earth. The atmosphere contains high concentrations of methane, carbon monoxide, and fluorine. Life signs? Population approximately nine billion. All Borg.
0: There are four reasons why I love this Star Trek movie and why it's my favorite. The first is the Borg a collective of cybernetic beings that assimilate other life forms into their hive mind. It's scary to think about how relentless the Borg are, endlessly conquering other species and bringing them closer to perfection. Well, the idea of perfection that the hive mind aspires to. The second reason is the acting is superb. Whether it's Patrick Stewart and his scenes with Alfrey Woodard, or James Cromwell with Jonathan Frakes, or LeVar Burton, or Brent Spiner and Alice Krige, the characters drive the story.
1: Everybody ready to make some history? Always am. I think I forgot something. What? I don't know. It's probably nothing.
0: Begin ignition sequence. 20. Oh, god. 19. Now I remember.
1: 18. What? Where is it?
0: What? We can't
1: lift off without it! It. Jordy, we've got to abort!
0: No! No, wait! I found it! Twelve. Eleven. Ten. Nine. Eight. Let's rock and roll! Six. It's nice for a movie to have an actual plot and storyline where the characters drive the story, not big bombastic special effects sequences. Third, I think the idea of First Contact is enthralling. The First Contact theme is common across lots of science fiction stories, movies, and shows. I don't want to ruin Star Trek First Contact for you if you haven't seen this movie, but it's nice because it's a hopeful vision of what First Contact could be like one that doesn't end with us being attacked by aliens bent on the destruction of our planet
1: good they haven't broken the encryption code yet who those bionic zombies you told me
0: about the borg borg sounds swedish lastly the soundtrack is phenomenal it was composed by jerry goldsmith and his son joel Funny enough, I just found out today that I share a birthday with Jerry Goldsmith. Whether it's the harsh, almost metallic or mechanical sounds of the Borg theme, or the phenomenal Flight of the Phoenix, which is played towards the end of the movie, the soundtrack fits in perfectly. If you've never seen this movie, check it out, but maybe consider watching the Next Generation episodes The Best of Both Worlds Parts 1 and 2 before you sit down to watch first contact at some point i will have to do a top 10 episode where i list my favorite science fiction movies so probably the first snow day i have this winter i'll sit down and do that i have two more things i want to mention in today's episode on november 22nd 1989 the space shuttle discovery lifted off on the sts-33 mission A crew of five astronauts spent over five days in orbit performing a classified Department of Defense mission. Astronaut Story Musgrave flew on this flight as a mission specialist. It was his third trip to space. I do want to end today on a more serious note. On November 22, 1963, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. In the days leading up to his assassination, Kennedy saw some of the Saturn 1 rockets that would put the United States ahead of the Soviet Union in terms of payload to orbit. It's sad that he was never able to see the fruits of the goal that he had set, especially with the incredible progress that took place during the 1960s and 70s. Let's listen to his closing remarks on space from his special message to Congress on urgent national needs.
1: It is a most important decision that we make as a nation. But uh, all of you have lived uh, through the last four years and have seen the significance of space and the adventures in space. And no one can predict with certainty uh, what the ultimate meaning will be of mastery of space. I believe we should go to the moon. But I think every citizen of this country, as well as the members of the Congress, should consider the matter carefully in making their judgment to which we've given attention over many weeks and months, because it is a heavy burden. And uh, there is no sense in uh, agreeing or or desiring that the United States take an affirmative position in outer space unless we are prepared to do the work and bear the burdens to make it successful. If we are not, we should decide today (laughs) and this year. This decision demands a major national commitment of scientific and technical manpower, material and facilities, and the possibility of their diversion from other important activities where they're already thinly and spread. It means a degree of dedication, organization, and discipline, which have not always characterized our research and development efforts. It means we cannot afford undue work stoppages, inflated costs of material or talent, wasteful interagency rivalries, or a high turnover of key personnel. New objectives and new money cannot solve these problems. They could, in fact, aggravate them further unless every scientist, every engineer, every serviceman, every technician, contractor, and civil servant gives his personal pledge that this nation will move forward with a full speed of freedom in the exciting adventure of space.
0: Since you're here, why don't you let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review on iTunes. It takes just a minute to do that, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Mulnicks. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook, just search The Space Shot, or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, Endeavor and New Shepard. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.